Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Voices of the Post-Colony. I'm your host, Michael Lynn, and today we'll be discussing Fela Kuti's musical career and his legacy. Uh, Fela Kuti, or Fela as he is known by his fans, is a Nigerian musician, activist, and cultural icon. He pioneered the genre that is now known today as Afrobeat, combining elements of jazz, highlife, funk, and soul with traditional Yoruba music. This podcast today will delve deeper into what made Fela's musical style so unique. An author that we've read in class, Tej- Tejmoa Olanayan, has described Fela Kuti as a cosmopolitan nativist. Uh, this is in reference to the seemingly contradictory values that have influenced Fela's career in politics. On the one hand, Fela was acutely concerned with national issues of Nigeria, specifically its culture, its politics, and its national identity. But on the other hand, Fela's musical and political identity was inseparable from the cosmopolitan influence he was exposed to both while studying abroad in London and while visiting the United States. His sound that is now known as Afrobeat is unique because of the combination of musical genres that go into making it what it is today. Fela's music was both deeply rooted in Nigerian culture and global in its appeal. It was a powerful combination that helped him reach audiences around the world. In today's episode, we will first delve into Fela's career and the influences that created his unique musical identity. Then we will discuss Fela's musical identity in the context of the post-colony. Here we will pivot to another Nigerian figure from the same era, Chinua Chabe, and look at his view of crafting a post-colonial identity as a writer. Lastly, we will fast forward to the present and examine how Afrobeat has expanded with the current day Afrobeats genre gaining widespread global popularity. The beginnings of Fela's musical identity can be found in his time in London. It was there where he was introduced to jazz music, which had a profound influence on his style. His first band was named the Kula Lobitos and performed at nightclubs throughout the city. Fela fell in love with jazz and high life, and according to an interview with Gary Stewart of the Los Angeles Times in 1991, Fela states that his intention was to introduce jazz into Nigeria when he first came, and he had a quartet, but it was so unsuccessful. People just refused to accept it. Fela persisted for a time, but he remembers that when a free concert failed to attract the crowd, that one discouraged him completely. At this point in his career, Fela's musical identity had yet to be fully realized. It was missing a critical component that wouldn't arrive until his fateful trip to the United States in 1969. Olanian speaks on this musical transformation in the third chapter of his book, Arrest the Music. He writes, It is now well known that Fela's transformation to a socially conscious exponent of Afrobeat began during his famous trip to the United States in 1969, though few actually had any idea what he was transforming from an apolitical, avant-pop hipster playing high-life jazz. It is true that Fela's uh, political awakening didn't happen until he met civil rights activist Sandra Smith in 1969 during his trip to the United States. Smith was actually the inspiration for this next track, My Lady Frustration, which describes the hard time Fela was having creatively in the United States. Fela himself stated that Sandra gave me the education I wanted to know. She was the one who opened my eyes. I swear, man, she's the only one who spoke to me about Africa. 
For the first time, I heard things I've never heard about Africa. Sandra was my advisor. She talked to me about politics, history. She taught me what she knew, and what she knew was enough for me to start on. While in the U.S., Fela was struggling to secure the successful trip he was hoping for, he was searching for new inspiration, and his political awakening came with a renewed mindset about the music he wanted to make. It was here that Fela decided he wanted to make African music. Fela was then ready to return to Nigeria with a newfound musical and political mission. We'll now look at a couple of clips from the 1982 documentary, Music is the Weapon. This first clip will show the political and social situation in Nigeria during the time of Fela's return, return home, and will provide the necessary context for understanding the political issues that Fela was passionate about in his music and career. He writes his first protest songs. Across the ocean, 3,800 miles away from home, Fela discovers Africa. When Fela returns to Nigeria, the Biafra War is raging. It will go on for two and a half years and leave one million dead among the ruins. As wars go, this one is particularly absurd. The division of Africa among the colonialist powers failed to consider ethnic frontiers. The Biafran War is representative of the challenges Nigeria faced after decolonization and was a tragedy that Fela lamented. He personally felt that the government was to blame, as peaceful secession was proposed on part of the Biafrans, but the government would not agree, leading to the armed conflict being decided through violent means. Fela delves deeper into his criticism of Nigeria's government in this next clip. They say Nigeria is against apartheid. Nigeria is this, Nigeria is a good... In America, talks about Nigeria, like Nigeria is the greatest African country. But Nigeria is the worst African country. We have the worst things that are happening. Worse than South Africa. Here, Fela is talking about the hypocrisy of the Nigerian government and the difference between how the international community sees them and how they actually treat their people. Nigeria was taking a leading role during that time in supporting the black liberation movement in South Africa. Yet at the same time, Fela is arguing that what the government is doing to its own people is arguably even worse than the apartheid regime. Fela always had incisive criticism of the Nigerian government, and this oftentimes led to him coming into conflict with Nigerian forces. This next track is called No Agreement and was written after uh, the most notable confrontation with the government in 1977 in which they burned down his Kalakuta Republic which was the compound that he lived in with his mother as well as many of his followers. The attack was in response to Fela Kuti's album Zombie which was a scathing critique of the Nigerian military. However, despite being arrested over 200 times throughout his career, oftentimes on trumped-up charges, or just for speaking out against the government, Fela remained steadfast in his activism until his death in 1997, and his legacy will continue to inspire generations of activists and artists, both in Nigeria and around the world. This is where Fela's influence intersects with another great Nigerian figure, Chinua Achebe. Achebe was a writer and scholar who played a crucial role in shaping the post-colonial identity of Nigeria. Like Fela, he was educated in the West before returning to Nigeria as a fiction writer. In his article, The African Writer in the English Language, 
Machabe discusses the role of writers in defining a post-colonial identity. The issue he specifically focuses on, on is the language that he should write in. Achebe acknowledges this dilemma and writes, Is it right that a man should abandon his mother tongue for someone else's? It looks like a dreadful betrayal and produces a guilty feeling, but for me there is no other choice. I have been given this language, and I intend to use it. He argues that Nigeria is a modern construct that only exists due to colonialism, and that in order to write a national literature that the entire country can consume regardless of ethnic group, the only language must be English. Not only that, but he thinks that writing in English will give the international audience a chance as well to also understand uh, Nigeria's work. Much like Fela Kuti, Achebe feels that the best way to express Nigerian modernity is to join the global cultural marketplace through a cosmopolitan medium with a uniquely Nigerian identity. We will now fast forward to the present and discuss how Fela's genre of Afrobeat has now influenced the development of the broader genre of Afrobeats and its international popularity. The term Afrobeats with an S is similar in name to Afrobeat popularized by Fela Kuti, but it is distinct in its modern origin and flavor. While Fela's music was characteristically political and used live instruments, Afrobeats is often lighthearted in tone and is digitally produced. Afrobeats has become the most popular music coming out of West Africa, with artists such as Burna Boy and Wizkid recently winning Grammy Awards. Afrobeats also has a unique sound that blends traditional African percussion with modern electronic and dance music. It's this unique blend of indigenous African and international genres that gives Afrobeats a similar ethos to the genre Fela pioneered. The Netflix documentary Afrobeats The Backstory documents the recent rise in popularity of Afrobeats around the world. The episode focuses on Wizkid and Davido, as they are often seen as the global ambassadors of Nigeria's Afrobeat scene. However, the documentary makes a specific focus on the local musicians that influenced their sounds. It discusses how early artists like OJB Jezreel paved the way in the 2000s in developing the Afrobeat sound, and how rappers like AY integrated hip-hop with Yoruba music, setting the foundation for what would soon end up being the cornerstone of Afrobeats. Here's a clip from the producer Shizi, who's worked with many prominent Afrobeats artists like Wizkid. I would call it experiment with ideas because me as a producer, I always like to challenge myself. So I'll take some from here, I'll take some from here, and I'll just mix it together and to make something new. There was a sound, there was a bounce that we have. I was looking for a bounce that, you know, is clubby but still spiritual. So as you can see, experimentation is the cornerstone of his craft and the Afrobeats genre as a whole. The modern day popularity of Afrobeats is still driven by the same idea of mixing musical influences that define Fela Kuti's style. Today, Nigeria's young musicians are following in Fela's footsteps, this time infusing Yoruba music into modern genres to create an Afrobeats sound that is at once uniquely Nigerian, but also global in its appeal. The mixing of traditional and cosmopolitan influences is still a defining feature of modern Nigerian music, and in a way is a greater expression of what it means to be a modern Nigerian. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope to see you next week.